I didn't think it was appropriate to, in the middle of Corinthians, in one of the heaviest sections of Corinthians, to bring up all the problems <coughs> that they were dealing with on Mother's Day. So I'm going to postpone that. This is going to be a good, uh, a fun service. Uh, again, my, <clears throat> my wish is for you to have a best Mother's Day today. So happy Mother's Day, because you guys do so much. I don't know if you realize that uh, what God did when he created mothers was to give you an honor, an honored position that men don't get. You know, the word in Hebrew for a woman is the same word translated in Greek. You know this one is the gyne, the gynecologist, the word for woman in Greek. But the word for woman in Hebrew has the same word for the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? It's the paraclete. It's the one who comes alongside. I'll make you a helper fit for you. And so the, the word for woman is the reflection of what the Holy Spirit does, the great comforter. And you as women reflect the image of the Godhead that men don't, can't do as well as you do naturally. And therefore, a lot of people look to you, and again, what I want you to feel is like you bring something. Not only do you give birth, but you nurture and you surround and you care for those and so, as you come away thinking, I like this picture, so I'm going to do it twice. Uh, you should bring a smile. You should bring a smile. <clears throat> There's a second grade teacher who had been giving a lesson on magnets and talking about how metal is attracted to magnets. And she explained that and how they pick up nails and other bits of iron or whatever. And the question came for their understanding. She says, now, I'm going to ask for something. What, what begins with the letter M? And I pick up things. What am I? And Billy, the second grader, says, you're a mother. Eh. Well, that's what you do. I wanted to say, <clears throat> again, as I've heard other pastors say, this is the hardest sermon to give of the year. Without question, it is. Because... Not only do you get a chance to affirm and appreciate what goes on, but you also I'm also aware that this particular message uh, touches so many women who are not mothers, or who are wannabe mothers, or who are struggling with things uh, because of their mothers, because of those mothers who have passed away and they can't resolve those things. There are mothers who have aborted children. And so Mother's Day reminds them of memories they don't want to be reminded of. There are mothers who have walked away from their children. There are mothers who never had a mother. And therefore, there's a lot of those things going on. And so in light of this, in light of this I'm trying to think of how do, I, <clears throat> how do I share with you and to celebrate uh, all of these things uh, on a Mother's Day to give you the the, the joy, the, 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 the goodness of what it means to be a mother. And, of course, I can't do that as well as you can, but I'm going to try to give you uh, three pictures of women who are mothers who wrestle with several things. And one of them you know, uh, I don't know, it's not going to be Hannah and some of the others, but you know this woman. Uh, how many know Jochebed? It's not a joke, but the emphasis is Jochebed. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, 
or Yaakovet, how many of you know who this woman is? One, two. <laughs> you know this woman. I know you know this woman, but you won't, you won't forget. I'm, I'm going to talk about Jochebed. And you know this woman, Mary, of course. We have to include Mary. And this woman, Eunice. I may know who Eunice is. Uh, two, three, okay. Uh, these three women, <clears throat> three godly women, have got lessons for us and for, for all of us. Well, let me help fill you in. Uh, Jochebed gave a name to her son. And, of course, you know the son's name was Yekutiel. I saw those eyebrows. How many know who Yekutiel? If you raise your finger, I'm going to be impressed. Uh, how many know who Yekutiel is? You do know who. How about Tobias? This is what the mother Jochebed gave Moses. But Moses wasn't his mother's name. It was the stepmother, as it were, as you'll hear the story. But the stepmother called him Moshe. And there's a meaning about that for Moses. We'll look at that. But um, if you go into the Jewish thinking, there's a, a story in the Midrash that Moses had six names in the Midrash, another four names. There's lots of names associated with him, but we call him Moses. And then Mary, you know, of course, famous, gives the, a birth to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And Eunice uh, gives birth to a guy named Timothy. Yeah, so Timothy, uh, all these men and all these women are, are going to be sharing some stories with us that would help understand God's purposes for women and the children they bring in, into the world. And so, Yochebed, she has three children, and the story is told in Exodus 2. Yochebed had three children. Moses had a brother and sister. And the oldest sister, uh, firstborn probably was a J, but she was a J personality. And uh, uh, Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. Now, this is important. So let me read this in Exodus 2. Um, a man, uh, now, a man of the house of Levi, again, the priesthood of Levi, married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, fine child, a beautiful child, a healthy child, when the mom saw that she was a beautiful child, a good child, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. And she placed the child in it and put it along the reeds among the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen. So here's this mother, Jochebed, as she is in a situation. And what you're going to find... In all these women are in similar situations. Is uh, She's got to make a decision in a horrible dilemma. A trauma has taken place because she's forced to make a decision that no mother should ever be forced to make. Likewise, Jesus and his mother likewise had to do the same thing, that she was in an impossible situation going through a pain and agony that none of us would ever have to go through. 
And Eunice likewise would have to give up and let go of Timothy when Paul came around and said, would you allow him to travel with me? And so Timothy did. All three women give birth to deliverers. Let's look at this. Um, Jochebed was in an oppressive situation. In Egypt, she was born in Egypt. She lived in Egypt, and yet she never belonged to Egypt. She was a a daughter of a Levite, and therefore she was of the family of faith. And yet, can you imagine having your firstborn daughter, Miriam, and your secondborn child, being Aaron, the high priest of following the line, and then you get this decree. From then on, when the Hebrew women would multiply and they were strong, the Pharaoh was threatened, and they said, we will allow no other child to be born. And therefore, if it's a girl, keep the girl, but if it's a boy, drown him. Can you imagine what was going through Jochebed's heart when she, hear, when she heard that her child was about to be drowned? What would you do? Of course. You think about the terror that she's going through. And then she, she would hide the child. Do you know how hard it is to hide a baby crying, screaming for three months? Let me tell you, this woman was very clever, very creative. And she knew how to protect. She had two kids, but this one became the one that she would focus on constantly because the Pharaoh was out to kill her. She not only had this context of being personally oppressed and threatened, you don't hear much about Aram, Arman, her husband, as he's not part of the story. So either she's left alone or she has to figure this out by herself. But she does so, but she has personal faith, and that personal faith is going to turn into influencing Moses himself because as he's growing up, he's going to watch the faith of his mother and learn how his story fits into the whole plan and the purposes of God. And she knew that, though she didn't know a lot because, remember, there was no Old Testament. There was no temple. There was nothing that she could rely on except her personal experience that God was working through her life and as the plan of God was unfolding she knew that she would be would be part of that so the agony crying weaving that basket knowing that she's going to say goodbye saying goodbye is not easy Sandy and I know what that is uh, we uh, we were involved in teen pregnancies for in Michigan <clears throat> And we had a little girl in our home, Rachel, for three months, and we had to take her back and give her back to the court because the birth father showed up and contested the will of the birth mother. And so when you had to let go, and uh, that, that situation for me personally did something that cracked inside of me that shaped me for whole, my whole life. Little Rachel, a girl we hadn't seen, hadn't heard from for years. But when we had to give her back to the courts, uh, something happened inside me that cracked. Literally, I didn't hear this, but I just, 
And what God taught me by doing that was something I'll pass on to you. When, I, when we took Rachel back, I learned the lesson from the Lord that what you want the most, you control the least. And what you control the most, you really don't really value that much. But what you really want, you can't make happen. And I remember both of us were in pain coming back home and grieving the loss. I thought, how do you move in pain to serve and bless other people when you don't have your desires fulfilled? When we gave uh, Rachel back, 10 days later, we were chosen again to adopt our firstborn. That whole concept of, God, what are you doing? Could we trust him again with our heart's desires, knowing that we just offered it and then it was taken away? Have you ever been in that situation where you don't understand what God was doing? I know what that is. So did she. But crying, I'm sure crying, putting Moses in that basket, thinking I'm going to put him on the Nile River. And I have no other choice because if I don't, they're going to kill my son. There are snakes. There are crocodiles. You have no idea what's going to go on. And so to release Moses into that, that river, knowing that there's no way she could protect him any longer. This was a woman of faith. This was a woman who understood that God, unless you deliver, I will never, ever achieve what I want. Well, she didn't know, but she was clever enough because her daughter would walk with a princess and... Um, as the princess was down there on the beach, so it so happened to be that uh, one of her maidservants found Moses and brought her to the princess and said, "Would you? what do you want to do with this child? And then, Mom, I'm sure, Jochebed, I'm sure, had Miriam, the daughter, go up and say, oh, how would you like one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child? Now, all these details for us just shows the fact that she understood something about the sovereignty of God. She would come to understand the goodness of God because who would ever think that she would get Moses back and be the very nurse, uh, the one to nurse her child or hire other nurses to be there when she couldn't be there. But her faith was rewarded when she trusted God. Likewise, when Moses grew up, and as, he, as Moses is at the breast of Jochebed, can you imagine mom talking to son? She knew this child was destined. She knew that God had his hand on this guy to protect him. And so this Moses would become a deliverer of, of Israel, as you know the story. Therefore, every time the word Moses is mentioned, remember Jochebed. Mary, likewise, was astonished as a young virgin called upon by the angels and thought, who is she to be included in this wonderful plan of salvation? And so, though she also came from a family of faith, she was sorely tested in that faith, and her response was, I delight to do the will of God. 
Women have a natural born inclination to do that which is pleasing and serving, but the joy of the delight, because her heart was aligned with God, she says, let your will be done. But that will would also test her, and so she suffered greatly. Like Moses, when Mary was at the cross and saw her son, she had to release Jesus because she too couldn't control what was happening. But she understood that there was a greater purpose than her personal pleasure, than her personal pain. But she surrendered. And she likewise knew that God was in control. She likewise knew that at the tomb, the grace of God would be given. And so she would be forever remembered as the mother of of the Savior, But growing up, can you imagine what Mary told Jesus? (laughs) Can you imagine those conversations? Mary had three other sons and two uh, women. John talks about that. Not all of those followed Christ. Not all of those had faith. They were all Jewish, but, but Jesus got that word. You are going to be the Son of God, the Lamb of God, and I will watch you and I will suffer as you suffer for me. So the idea that uh, these women would have going through these situations, and Eunice likewise. Eunice uh, says in 2 Timothy 1.5, when Paul says, uh, Timothy, I've asked for your, mo- your mom to release you, to come with me. And... Uh, it's not on here. But he says, Paul said, I remember, I remember that the, your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I remember their faith, and I'm certain it's in you, Timothy. Likewise, when, uh, when you have um, Eunice growing up as a foreigner outside of Israel, she, she was not one that fit in like Yochabeb was in Egypt and Mary was again, went to Egypt. But uh, Eunice was a single mom. You don't hear much about Timothy's dad. And yet she too had to yield to the fact that God was doing something. When Paul came into town, she had to say, Lord, you're doing something with my son. And so instead of keeping her son home, she yielded her son just like Jochebed yielded and Mary yielded. So did Eunice. It says that her faith was sincere. Sincere faith. Boy, that's an interesting adjective. It means without pretense. Like those waxes, those pots, the word sin means without, and sear is wax. So you go to the marketplace, you can have sincere pots, pots without wax, and those cracked pots that were repaired with wax and painted over. Those were Sarah's pots. They were wax pots. But a sincere faith means no cracks. Solid and strong. And Eunice had a faith that was solid and strong as these other two did. And therefore she understood because of the Old Testament that God was sovereign, God was good, but she was supported by, not only by the scriptures, but she was also supported by her mother, Lois. And so there's a strength in these women, 
that you find that for, that for, and not much is said about Eunice except that she had conviction to live as a foreigner and as a single woman. She had those struggles as well. These women, these three women, godly women, faithful women, strong women, suffering women, all knew the Lord Jesus. And all of them, all of them were blessed. Jochebed got into the promised land. Moses didn't. Mary got into the promised land because her son delivered her into the promised land. And then I'm sure that Lois and Eunice got into the promised land because Timothy continued to pray and preach about the good news. As you go into this story thinking about your moms, I'm thinking about your mothers, I'm thinking about my mom. Here's a picture of my mom, Margaret. She was not a, uh, she was kind of like Jochebed and, but not like Mary and not, not much like uh, Eunice until I became a Christian. My mom was a, a poor woman. She wasn't educated. She went to the sixth grade. And uh, she had lots of kids. I think there were five brothers and five sisters. My mom had little faith, very, very little faith. But because of her, my three brothers and my three sisters, I'm number five. When I became a Christian, I was the first one. My mom was scared for me, actually, because I thought, I thought, I remember in junior high school, I said, Mom, what happens if this Christianity stuff is all a lie? And she got worried. She said, oh, my kid, my kid, my son, he doesn't have any faith. And I didn't have any faith. But she didn't have much faith either. Uh, my grandparents didn't go to church. She didn't go to church. But when I came home from college as a Christian, I shared with Mom about Christ. And Mom became a Christian. And since then, everyone in my family have become Christians. But my mom had little faith. And when she passed that August, uh, when she passed um, in August, uh, I was raking, raking the yard. I was in the yard. And uh, I thought, heaven must be filled with people of little faith. Little faith. It just takes a little bit of faith. But she grew. As, uh, and, she, and the rest of them, she began to follow Christ in her own way. Quietly, but she is gone. So I want to remember mom. The question for you is how do you honor your mom today? You're thinking about is your mom like a Jochebed or is your mom like a Mary? But your mom has, like Eunice, she has to surrender you to the Lord. So you have an influence. God is using you and your kids. But I just want to give you some ideas. It's so easy just to take moms for granted. So if you haven't done so, Without going to your mom, spend some personal time before the Lord, reflecting. This is just between you and God. Thanking God for your mother. Thinking about remembering her and focusing on the wonderful things that she has done for you. My mom would sing while she worked. I remember some special special memories. I'm thinking she had a spirit that was... It was, she suffered a lot, but she had a singing spirit. So I remember those things. And so share with, those, share with the Lord what you love about your mom. Then go to your mom, if she's available, and uh, tell her.
Thank her. Appreciate her. Tell her how much she's meant to you. Go on and do something special to honor her. Uh, buy her a gift or flower or dark chocolates or uh, whatever that she likes to, to surprise her. But if your mom is not available, if she's in a distant city, you can write her or call her. But if she's passed, you can still remember her. But when you make your plants, when you plant your plants this spring, uh, make one, designate one for her. Plant a tree in her honor. And that, that way, every time you pass that tree or you think about that flower, you remember your mom positively. Also, I'd encourage you to stimulate your family to talk about your mom. Raise up stories and say, do you remember when mom did do this? Because if you don't do that and they don't do that, then the memory is forgotten. So take the initiative and bring mom up because a lot of you have had great moms. Uh, Last, if you've had a mother that wasn't so kind to you, I would encourage you to do like Yochabed and Mary and Eunice. Surrender and release them through the forgiveness and grace of Christ and turn your mom over to the Lord. These women gave their kids to the Lord. Give your mom to the Lord and let her go and focus on the positive things. Enjoy this day is a Mother's Day because you are very special because God has given you the ability to reflect Him and His care for you. And no one ever cares for you like Christ. But with that, let me close with a word of prayer for the mothers. Let's pray. What a beautiful creature you've made, Lord, when you made a mother. And you made all women to reflect that feminine side, that heart to nurture, to care. Thank you that women can do only what women can do. And men, we need to appreciate that and honor their mothers. Lord, we come to you because this was your idea. Motherhood is your idea. Parenting is your idea. Families are your idea. And so, Father, we look to you to ask for your Holy Spirit to give us that grace and that faith that you have shown in these three women to know that your purposes are being worked out personally, relationally with every single individual in every family. Father, we come to you and say, there are a lot of things that keep us from thinking about you, but I pray that this, this day that you would bless these women and the, these women would understand these mothers would come to comprehend, like Jochebed and Mary and Eunice, that you are good, and that you're working out your purposes in strange ways. But Father, I pray that you would give them the grace to let go and rest. Give them the faith that they don't have to control, that they can trust you. Now, Father, I pray that you would continue to uh, honor the mothers, bless them, and use them for your purposes. And I pray this would be a memorable day for them. Lord, again, it's to your glory we surrender all these gifts and good things that you sent our way. So bless these women in this day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.